Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fights, and I have a repeat offender, my friend, Jason Hewlett. Hey, how's it going? He was brave enough to come back. After the last episode, I thought I scared him away. <laughs> After we talked last time, I, I, I said, Jason, you know, how do you like being on the podcast? So I love it. I said, however, can you edit all my parts out? I said, Jason, how dare you? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. Uh, seriously, I'm glad to have you back on the podcast. As I mentioned before, it's great to have a real-life father. That's out in there in the community. You know, you've done lots of um, uh, service for youth in your community. You you own a few youth. Technically, you don't own them because they don't do everything you want them to do. But, you know, you, you do provide for them. <laughs> they you, own me. They man. own you is more likely, <laughs> yeah. right? And so it really does help out a lot. So thanks for joining me on the podcast again. I love it. I love this podcast. It's great, man. Thanks for having me. Well, and I thought it'd be good to have you come back on um, for a lot of uh, the good reasons that Oh, a lot of the good topics that we've talked about. So you being a listener on the podcast for a long time, there's been um, a number of episodes that you really liked, a number of episodes that you thought were like, man, like, I want to know more about that episode. And some of the ideas that we had talked about recently, um, you know, you just as a fan just say, hey, man, you should talk about this, you should talk about that. And I was like, why don't you come on and let's talk about it together. All the episode ideas that you came up with, I'm like, it's almost as if you have kids. <laughs> it's almost as if you have neighbors. It's That's almost right. as if you're like, plugged in and get your ear to the to the youth streets and the the parenting struggle streets so for today before we get to um the episodes because i think i want to save those episodes ideas for the new year because you know new year new parent new year new me right everybody's everybody's going to turn on the podcast during december little confession here um podcast listening for parenting advice and parenting tips such as our podcast definitely is a little bit lower it takes a dip during December, when you're really focused on getting your kids what they want for Christmas and you're trying to make the holidays happy, sometimes you don't want to listen to a guy like me bring up all the, all the struggles. You're like, you're like, no, I don't want to think about it for a month. <laughs> and so every year of doing the podcast, we've noticed the, the, just the, the, the listenership dips and then guess what happens in January? New me. So we follow the same trend as the athletic club industry. <laughs> During the summer, oh, it's yeah. a little bit lighter. No one's at September, the gym. October, November. Da, 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 da. December dips off. January, March, February, April, May, June. All of a sudden the sun comes out. July and August, a little bit mellower. So we have seasons, right? Uh -huh. Especially with our type of content. So what I thought we'd do today is just let's talk a little bit about the year in review. And when I say the year in review, I'm really referring to what have us as parents, two guys, because you know, obviously on this podcast, we have mostly women listening. And for all you women listeners out there, you can go and listen to lots of podcasts talking about moms with their struggles. But how many podcasts can you listen to two guys that are trying to hold on to their youth? Right? <laughs> Desperately, we're hanging on to it. Right? We, we don't want the hair to go. We're trying to hold on to it, trying to stay trimmed up. We're trying to just keep our wives moderately interested in, uh, in our attractability. <laughs> I always joke around and say, because my wife's just a little bit younger than me. I'm always like, I'm just trying to make sure I'm in good enough, just good enough shape so that she doesn't leave me for another guy. Yeah. I'm just kidding, honey. She, would never, so she would never do that. But my point is, is you don't get a chance to listen to two guys 
talk about their families and their kids and weigh in about some of the stuff that, you know, we regret for, for the year. And, and I can tell you my year is ending a lot better than it started. Oh, really? And so I, I definitely have a lot of things that I've worked on as a dad to do and probably more so with my son, a little bit with my daughter. So I'm just wondering, do you, do you have anything to offer to this podcast day? Or you're like, no, I checked every box. This is the guy who literally wrote the book, The Promise to the One. That's right. Right? Oh, man. And so I'm just wondering if you're perfect at keeping your promises or if you're a human like me. Because if you're not, I, I don't know if I want you back on the podcast. Totally oh, jeez, I wrote a whole part of the book about forgiveness, forgiving yourself. Okay. You know, the so that's promise. allowed. You're allowed to forgive yourself. That's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up you're, the whole year. You're not gonna. You're not gonna keep every promise, especially the ones you make to yourself and your family. And that's not to say that it's you know it's it's okay to to shoot for not keeping a promise. But equally, man, there are so many that you you create for yourself, and then you're like, oh, I didn't I didn't do that well. And really, it's a matter of maybe in the morning you say, this is what I'm going to do today. And by the end of the evening, you're self-assessing throughout the day what the promises were that maybe fell apart throughout that day. And so I love the idea of this wrapping up this year in a, in a way to say, okay, what did I do well this year? What, what could maybe we improve for the next year? And what are some of the promises moving forward, right? Well, I think that's a very well articulated way to put that we're about to have a confession session. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So cue the usher music. This is my confession. <laughs> that was uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that song, but go listen to it. Uh, usher apparently uh, cheated on his wife or a significant other at that particular time, and he wrote a song about it. Confession. So this is our confession session. So any want to go any mighty mo who goes first, or we'll just kind of flow off of each other because I'm just thinking of some things off the top of my head that I'm glad I'm I'm ending the year better on, but. To start off the year, it, it was it was rough for me. It was rough for me. Well, what do you mean, though? I mean, like... So, okay, so I'll give you a little context. So, the year started off with, um, went on a trip to San Diego with my family. The last day we were there, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling so well. Got COVID. Uh. From, I'm pretty sure I know where I got it from. The the ladle of the oatmeal uh, breakfast at the hotel we're at, right? Isn't it fascinating that we can do that again, though? Like, touch... Yeah. Buffets all uh, yeah, like was, two years ago that wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah, it was the morning breakfast and I was using a sleeve for everything and I was just talking to my kids. I grabbed ladles. The only time I had touched it with my bare hand Lick ladle, in your hand. I'm like, I'm like and then I looked around and the hotel we stayed at was near Legoland. Because uh, my hometown's Carlsbad, Legoland's at. I looked around, I saw like twenty other like little kids that were probably licking doorknobs, putting gum uh, in their mouth, like Buddy the Elf on <laughs> the street. I'm like, one of those kids definitely touched that with COVID, gave it to me. So anyway, so I started the year off with COVID, turned into COVID pneumonia. Oh. My biological mom dies of COVID pneumonia a week later after we get back. Oh no. So our trip didn't go really as planned. And um I started off to I mean the whole entire month of January. I mean I was wiped out. I was yeah. pretty sick. And on top of it, I was still recovering from, I don't know if I should say it, but it had to do with um, a shot that I got. And the shot gave me some heart problems. Uh-huh. Some people are familiar with the heart problems it's been giving men. If there's something, I, I blame more of my genetics and me than, than I think the shot, because if there's something wrong with any shot, with any medicine, any side effect, your boy right here, I'm going to get this side really? effect. Really? Oh, man. I, I don't know if I'm just perpetual needing of sympathy for my wife. <laughs> but I got uh, COVID um, after I was still trying to recover 
from a couple heart conditions that I got from a shot. Oh man. And so it, it was, was piling on. Yeah, I was you know, I was beaten down mentally, emotionally, physically. And I also live in this place called Utah where the sun doesn't shine too often. So coming back from California, I got COVID and depression from leaving the beach. Yeah. And having to say goodbye to all my favorite Mexican food restaurants. So that in and of itself, even without COVID, I've been pretty down. So I'm starting the the year off pretty bogged down, pretty tired, pretty exhausted. And my little son, he's got a lot of energy. And he, he needs a lot of my time, attention, but most importantly, my, I think it's a French word, patience. Patience. Uh, patience. 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 Yeah. Pa- thank you. That's how you pronounce it, right? <laughs> Which, you know, with him, I've struggled with. How old is he? Um, he's eight. Eight? Okay. Yeah, so at the time, he was seven. Yeah. So, you know, he's doing all the weird dances and, like, getting all wily. And, and he definitely has a, a much closer bond with my wife. Um, you know, for obvious reason, but he's a mama's boy. And I wanted that to happen because, you know, I didn't know my biological mom growing up. So obviously, you know, year starts off wrong and, you know, and I'm just seeing some things that he's doing, some certain behaviors. And I'm just like, I, I'm just like, just honey, you deal with him better. Like, I don't even want to engage with him. You know, he, he doesn't listen to what I say. He, he doesn't really want me involved in anything. And so she had a talk with me. She, she saw my, me getting down on myself and like, Cause I'm not the type of person with my, whether it's with my students or my clients, I'm not like, you guys need to do this. And I'm not demanding. I'm not putting anyone's seat to the fire. I'm like, you want to do your homework? That's fine. <laughs> oh, you want to do that? That's cool. I just, that's just not my personality. But I think part of it is that I also don't like to be the bad guy. Yeah. That's why they like you though. They, they you love know, your coolness. My, my wife, she used to call me Disneyland dad. She said, <laughs> I've gotten better at it now. Now I'm, Knoxbury dad, Lego Knoxbury Land farm. Dad. Now I'm Legoland dad. So not as big of an issue anymore. I don't buy everything for him. You know, I don't buy all their love. And so as the year started coming around, I've been working on that. Just like taking time with him, you know, doing things with him and it's paid off. Now my son is like, he wants to play catch with me, mm-hmm. which is something he never wanted to do. Like my wife was teaching him how to do sports and everything. Yeah. You know, mine is she's a trainer. She, she could probably teach him better than me, but it's like, I'm seeing by me just not walking away, by me staying there, it, he actually, it wasn't that he didn't want me to help him in those things. He wasn't comfortable with me. Mm-hmm. And I forget that, you know, my wife's five foot two, but, you know, she is, you know, in my opinion, she's more intimidating than me. But to my son, she's not. Because with my son, he's used to mom being there. You got to do this. Like, so he got used to her being critical of him. With me, I'd give him some sort of criticism and he'd fall apart, didn't want to hear it from me anymore. I realized that he just wasn't used to it from me and I'm six foot, my wife's five two. So to me, I'm not intimidating and some of you parents out there can relate to this, but to some of our kids, they would disagree. Hmm. They actually think we're quite intimidating. Yep. And so that's, you know, my confession. We're like, it was a real struggle for me. And again, saving grace, I can do this podcast that I've actually made some improvement, but I'll be honest, I, I got a lot more work to do. And even after this podcast, I'm going to take him to a little training thing and sit there and watch him. And as a dad, I always thought that would be the funnest thing for me to take him to practice and watch do things. But when he didn't want me to watch him, when yeah. he didn't want me to help them, my ego was hurt. My, 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 it was bruised. It was damaged. And so then I'm like, fine. Then he doesn't want me around. So my wife, she negotiated the deal and got us both to come together. I know she was talking to my son on the other end of it and talking to me. So that's definitely you know a big regret that I've had throughout this year. So, wow. So, so I went first. That's a, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. I'm curious, how did you intentionally, like, what were, what were some of the things you intentionally put in place? Was it like 
yes, I'm going to the practice with him. Yes, I'm going to throw the ball with him. I mean, did you have to listen to him first as to what he wanted? Or did your wife put that all together? I'm just curious as a dad how you negotiated your way through that or navigated through it. Well, I had to do this thing was called practice what I preach. (laughs) So apparently what I tell people to do, I had to do that, right? (laughs) And the first most important thing is body language, specifically facial expressions. Oh, really? Okay. So we're going way, way to the root, root, to the root. Every time I was with him, I wasn't rolling my eyes, but I wasn't like if he'd make mistakes, if something happened, I wasn't yelling at him. So in my mind, I'm like, I got yelled as a kid when I made mistakes. People were hard on me. So for me, this was me being really good. Okay. Well, try it again. Right. Okay. I'm like, I'm not yelling at him. Yeah, you're just stoic. I'm not hitting him. Stoic I'm just dad. stoic. Yeah. Turns okay. out that that doesn't really like make him really feel like I'm proud of him. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, that, that wasn't really sending that message. I'm actually intimidated <laughs> right now. Look at it. <laughs> so I had to actually do what I do with my clients, my kids who are struggling. I'm like, hey, man, you got this. Like, like I had to be like, I like really hype him up. Like, hey, you made a mistake. Let's go make up for it. You got this. Like, I just be like that uber intense but passionate and excited and i had to show emotion i thought by me showing a bad emotion obviously is bad so let me show no emotion but by me showing no emotion i was really protecting myself Mm. from being disappointed and hurt i was waiting for him to not want to engage with me to give up on himself and then if he gives up on himself i'm like well he obviously doesn't want me to help him and if he goes, fine, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, okay, well then here, mom, you go and help him because he doesn't say that with you. Mm-hmm. So I was actually preparing and setting myself up by not giving emotion to me not get my feelings hurt, for me to not feel like I'm a failure as a father, for me to feel like he doesn't like me, right? So I was trying to protect myself by not showing emotion. And I see parents do it all the time. So I'm always telling them, no, you've got to play the role in the character of, you just got to be a hype man or hype woman. You got to be like all in it, all about it. You have to overdo the emotion of excitement, understanding, so that when they're unsure how to feel about their own mistakes, you counteract that with, no, you made a mistake, you're not the mistake. But by being stoked and having no emotion, what are people going to assume if they can't determine what the person's thinking and feeling? The worst. They're going to feel, oh, he's disappointing me. Turns out as I started doing that, he started to like show he really wants my acceptance. He really wants me to be proud of him. It was a mirror. He was doing the same thing to me that I was doing to him. And again, I had to go to this school of take my own advice. (laughs) That's a great answer. And you know what I find fascinating about it is that so often we bring 100% to our clients, our customers, our work, everybody else, even our coworkers. Like we're we're all in energy-wise and with our face and with our emotions and then we come home and it's just like there's nothing left or we don't want to keep doing that because it's maybe not our real self in that case. And so to be able to flip that switch and be like, I know this is what he needs, that's pretty admirable that you went there. I mean, just candidly, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's obvious that we're, we're going to be more guarded with people that, we're, we're, that have the power to really hurt us. You know, if, if we really want someone's acceptance, really want someone to like us a lot, not always, but it, it can easily, we can easily slip into that. Oh, I'm fine. Like keep that guardedness and like, you know, just kind of wait for some sort of sign or signal that we shouldn't engage, that we're not good enough. 
And, you know, my fear has always been that, you know, my, I'm going to have a son someday. He's not going to like me. He's not going to want anything to do with me. But yet every teenager, every kid I've ever worked with would always tell me, dude, you're going to be such a cool dad. Or I wish you were my dad. Not that my clients listen to this. Not that they didn't love you, but I never grounded them. <laughs> right. I never shamed them. I was cool. Uncle Dave counselor. Hey, what's up? You know? Yeah. And so, of course, I'm the epitome of cool dad and I, I you know I, I don't dress like I'm 70 years old and I, you know I'm just kind of like I'm chill you know I say dude every other word whether it's right or not and so that was always that like you're gonna be a great dad you're gonna be a great dad you're awesome wish my dad was like you and then when I had a son I'm like what if I suck at the thing that everything's oh. I'm gonna be good at you know oh man this is relatable and, and also to add on to it I didn't know my biological dad didn't meet him until five years ago so there was that added little Am I really going to be a good dad or am I just good at being a good counselor? Because uh, that's not a dad. No. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going somewhere deep with all that, you know, um, facing that. So good for you. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and that actually segues nicely into me, I think, with yeah. what I've got going on this year. I mean, obviously, we've had you help us in our family, and that's been a big deal for us. And it, it got us through some stuff, uh, you know, in the last year or two, which has been very helpful. But, and as a dad of, I've got a, I've got 17, 15, 14, and 11. So mm-hmm. my 11-year-old guy, is, uh, he's just, I think we're in a very similar track here. I started to notice that while the teenagers were having more time with their friends, and that was way more important to them. Yeah. Now I started to notice my younger guy coming in and being like, dad, can we go throw the ball? Like yeah. the same exact thing you just said. And I noticed at the beginning of the year that I was like, just a minute, you know, cause I'm working or go play with your friends and I'll come out and play later. There were a lot of broken promises there. And it, it really, uh, it really hit me after a while when he said, dad, I want to try out for football. And he had been a lacrosse player, but I had yeah. never done the football thing. We're not yeah. a football family necessarily. Yeah. I know you got the football genes going on. We're more like basketball lacrosse family, yeah. okay? This kid has not taken interest in basketball much, and now he's wanting to play football. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing, right? Yeah. He throws a better spiral than me. <laughs> I can't even throw Just to prove the point, right? Yeah. yeah. So I... I made a conscious effort to realize that whenever he did come to my office, it was like, I think he was talking to the back of my head a lot. And I didn't even turn around. And my family promise to myself is, my promise is to be present with my family. And so just because I might have some rules for myself with my phone and social media and stuff, hopefully we can talk about in other episodes. I was like, not fully present with this kid who wanted to engage me. And so I, 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 one day I just turned around and I said, what do we, what do you want? How, how long are we going to do this? And he's like, I just want to throw catch, you know, out front. And I'm like, right on, let's go. So we got up, we went out. I thought it would take, you know, five minutes. We were out there for about an hour having a blast. And it was such a shift for me to be like, I don't know why that was so hard for me to actually go out there and just do it. Yeah. But it was like I had to turn off the computer. I had to turn away from my work and be like, oh, yeah, you're right here, and you want to play with me. You want to hang out. And I'll tell you, that has transformed our relationship this year, just throwing the ball. And then he'd be like, can we go for a ride in the truck? And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
we'd go drive around and he'd go, can I open the sunroof? Like he's all of a sudden in this space as a tween yeah. where it's like, he's no longer a little baby. Yeah. And he's not a teen who doesn't want to hang out at all. Yeah. He wants to hang with the, the older guy. You know what I, I mean? Like, I've well, never yeah. experienced this before. You he wants know? to be around you and your friends when you're having conversations and peek in. And, you know, as you're talking, it made me think of, um, as you're talking, I was like, had this playing in the background in my head. And the first time I heard the song, I was pretty young and I cried the first time I heard it because I felt that it was happening in my own life. Mm. And I saw it a young man. I didn't want to do this with my kid. And as you're talking, I was, just totally remember all these memories. Does this ring a bell? Cats in the cradle with the silver spoon. Little boy blue with the man on the moon. When you're coming home, son, I don't know no when. when. We'll get together get then. then. No, that's the worst. Song. It is the. I mean, it's like a heart, like a knife to the heart. My I, older sons have played that for me before. Okay. And been like, "Hey, Dad, what do you think of this song?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> That's yeah, a killer. Yeah, so I, I, I'm assuming most of the listeners will know that song. If you don't remember that song, Harry Chapin. Yeah, go go listen yeah. right now. That's a deep song, man. That's a de- it's it's about breaking the cycle. That's right. It's about like, it, you know, it's it's so easy for for our you know. And I remember my dad who, who adopted me. Much I love him, you know. He, he was my coach, stuff like that. But there's so many times like. You know, we do this, like he and I didn't have a lot in common, right? We had one thing in common was football, so that was a saving grace. But besides that, so you want to come wrench on the car, I'm like, I want to surf. Mm. I didn't want to like build things. I wasn't good at stuff like that, right? So I always felt like it was always like, hey, daddy, you want to do this? Same age, like, no, no, no. And then when I got older as a teen, he was like, hey, do you want to hang out with me doing these things? I'm like, no, no, no. And I, I dissed him the way he, I felt he dissed me oh, when I was yeah. younger. And I did it subconsciously, but it was very intentional. Mm. Like, it was like, hey, I wanted you to do these things with me, and you showed no interest in those things, and you're too busy doing your own business stuff. And then now that you see I'm an older teen, and I'm about to move out, he was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then I didn't want to hang out with him anymore, and it oh. hurt him. It was almost like I hurt him back kind of intentionally, even though I wasn't trying to do it. It just... I was like, no, I'm not going to give any grace back to you. And so when you're saying that, it made me think of that song. And like, I don't want her, I don't want my son to to feel that way about me. And no. and that's something that I didn't even realize I was doing up until this year. Or if I did realize it, I just kind of justified as like, well, he likes mom better. But I was secretly wanting that close relationship with my son that I'm now just starting to build. And wow, that's powerful. And I also agree, like, man. You know, it just comes down to making one little choice, to doing one little simple thing and noticing what it is that they want in us uh-huh. and giving them that because that also gives to us. Yeah. I mean, it give, it's given me a way greater year in appreciation for being a dad just by throwing a football, which I have not done in most of my life. Yeah. And now I'm not good at it still. But he's really good at catching my crappy throws. He's going to be a better wide receiver <laughs> yeah, because of that. Exactly. It, it's, it, it's pretty basic and it's pretty simple. And it, it's, I don't know, it's just something that, you know, as we're talking about this, I'm obviously thinking about it more. But having, having something about you that your child is interested in, but also trying new things to show interest in, what they're interested in really is a way of accepting them. It could be a friend. It could be a sport. It could be a hobby. And I think it's safe to say a lot of guys 
really, as we get older, we only like doing things we're comfortable with. All right. Or that we're good at already. Yeah. A lot of dads, I tell them, you need to go play video games with your son. I'm like, why? That's stupid. It's yeah. frying their brain, this, that. I'm like, because every time you make fun of their video game, you mock it. Every time you turn down a time to play with them, you're literally telling them, even though you don't mean it, but okay, technically it's not literally. <laughs> unknowingly, it's the yep. opposite of literally. Yep. Unknowingly, you're telling them that you're not interested in them. And what they're interested in doesn't matter to you. So if what they're interested in doesn't matter to you, then that means you they don't matter to you. Just like as a parent, when you're trying to get your kid to clean up after themselves because it really means a lot to you and helps you calm down and relax or to finish their homework because you want them to be successful in life. If they show disregard and show in, don't show any interest in that, it hurts us because we're like, well, this is something important to me and you're intentionally choosing not to do something that's important to me. I thought you loved me after everything I've done for you. So there is a message and, 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 and a metaphor inside of there that we don't often communicate well. So as a dad, I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I'm less of a hypocrite of what I tell people to do. And I'm trying to show interest in things that my son's interested in and making time to just have conversations with him about it and to play games with him and stuff that if I want to sit down and, and play some like little child games every now and then. No, if he said, hey, let's go play catch. I'm like, dude, I'll do that. But up until recently, he's never wanted to do the things I liked. And so I was like, I'm just going to wait till he's more like me instead of realizing like, I didn't want him to be like, yeah, I actually didn't want my son to play football and get in those, those types of sports because you know, those weren't good for my ego. And so, yeah, that's just a little bit about, um, that's my confession. That's a big <laughs> confession. And, and I, I think what's interesting is that I think it is cyclical. I, I've had these experiences with each of my children through these years, yeah. you know, and here we are as a, kid that's 11 years old wanting to and he still haven't learned he's still haven't got it man what's the deal so like the fact that he he wants to play video games with me and i'm like i don't play video games but if you do then let's play yeah you know if i don't play football but let's go throw the ball uh we've even started in the last couple of weeks i i have him lay down next to me and we read a book every night where he goes to bed we have not done that since he was little yeah and it's just because life gets in the way, you forget, you're too busy, whatever it might be. But I'm yeah. like, this kid wants to be around me right now. Yeah. This is a precious moment, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. I heard a guy on a podcast the other day, I wish I could remember the reference, but he said, do you know what success is? And, you know, this older guy to this younger interviewer, he's like, do you know what success is? And he goes, what? And he goes, if your adult kids want to hang out with you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. That's a big one. That's an interesting. Oh yeah. 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 It reminds me of that saying too. um, What's the saying? The wonderful life, like any man who um, no man can be considered a failure if he has friends. Yeah. You know, people want to be around you. That means you've done something to make them feel like they matter. And if your kids want to be around you, then you've invested in them. And so it's a whole lot easier of a sell to get your kids to be moderately interested in the things that you're interested in or moderately give a damn about the things that you really care a lot about. If you go first. There you go. Well, this has given me a yeah. lot to think about too, man. I'm excited to keep pushing and doing better, but it was good to confess a little bit this, this day. <laughs> well, no, you, you shared more of uh, what you identified and, you know, and what you've done, how proud you are. Me, it was more of the confession, but it's okay. You know, I, I don't want people thinking on the podcast that, 
you know, that I don't need to wear underarm deodorant because my underarms don't stink. I mean, hey, <laughs> I, I, it, you get the, you get the analogy. Point is, <laughs> probably a little bit gross. You need a little bit too much information. The point is, we all, it can come for all of us. Our kids can wonder if we love them, wonder if we're interested in them or not. And so, you know, it's a good reminder for me to to look back on the year and say, I'm glad it ended strong, but man, it, it wasn't going good until the end of the summer. It wasn't until fall that this really start to turn around for me. So, and I got a long way to go. So thanks for uh, allowing me to, to confess and vent to you guys and keep this a secret. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm not taking my own advice. And <laughs> the cats in the cradle. And the oh, yeah, we're, we're, little if it wasn't for copyright, <laughs> we could probably play that in the background yeah. after the edit. So we're just crying yeah. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys, um, want to thank you guys as always for following us here on the Light the Fight. Remember, Instagram, YouTube, we're active on YouTube now. Go check out some of our clips here on Instagram. Check out all the events, anything we got going on is our link tree in our Instagram profile and in our bio. Thanks, my friend Jason, for coming on the podcast. And in the new year, we got some new stuff coming for you guys. And uh, I'm 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 looking forward to it and some new episodes. Um, just really a lot of the. Same drama that parents and families are dealing with. We're just going to give you a new spin on it. The 2.3, no, actually 23.0 version yeah. of the of the parenting app for you guys. So as always, you guys, thank you for visiting us here and following us on Light the Fight. And thank you for helping us to light the fight. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.